for me, it was the right fit you know, against the New York Giants. Like, this is this is the New York Giants. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. Man, I'm so blessed. It's crazy. I've been manifesting New York. I kind of had a feeling it was going to be New York, but now that we're here, man, God is good. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of All In with Art Stapleton, the New York Giants podcast brought to you by NorthJersey.com and the USA Today Network. I'm your host, Art Stapleton, and we've reached another milestone in the course of the NFL offseason and actually surpassed it, the NFL schedule release. We know how much so many people love it. Uh, and I say that not tongue-in-cheek, but there are a lot of people who pay attention to that schedule release, people who make trips to be able to see the Giants on the road, uh, people who live in other cities who always get excited to be able to travel to New Jersey and MetLife Stadium to see the Giants here. So I know there's a fragment segment of the fan base who kind of poo-poos the idea of all the attention that the schedule release gets because we do know the opponents before their schedule is even released. But I do think that there is, yes, the NFL, when it does things, it, it can create something as simple as putting out a schedule into a three-hour television event that dominates social media for... 48 hours, but there it is. It's out. We're going to go through that a little bit. I'll give you some of my reactions and uh, try to give you some content here on All In as we wait for the OTAs to begin in two weeks. And then the first OTA that we get to attend as media will be on the 25th. It's a Thursday. It's OTA 3. Uh, for the Giants. Uh, and that'll be interesting seeing the rookies and the veterans mixing together. They've yet to mix together. The rookies left after rookie minicamp. The veterans are still continuing in phase two of the offseason program. Uh, the rookies, I believe, get to town next week. The entire day three portion of the draft class is signed. They've already signed their rookie contracts. They did that at minicamp. The first three rookies, Deontay Banks, John Michael Schmitz, and Jalen Hyatt remain unsigned. I would imagine that their contracts get done relatively soon, likely when they come back to New Jersey and kind of assimilate into the offseason program. Uh, I would think that happens Sometimes the day one and day two prospects, even though the contracts are slotted, they kind of wait for prospects and draftees before and after their picks to kind of slot in to make sure, you know, someone didn't get a, a, a different kind of structure in terms of offset language or anything like that. Uh, so we'll, we'll get to that when it comes around. So, all right, the schedule. Uh, and if you follow me on Twitter and you follow my content at NorthJersey.com, we were all over this. Uh, it's just one of those things that I know as part of my coverage that people who follow me, people who read our stuff, 
really like to get this information out there uh, as much as they can. And the response comes from the audience. If no one was reading it, if no one was reacting to it on Twitter, I wouldn't be grinding as hard to get this information. And it's not necessarily about scheduling leaks. It's about reporting. You know, there's a difference between the NFL draft where when picks get put into the league computer, they're sitting there until Roger Goodell announces them. So if you have access to that computer, if you can gain access to that computer, you could spoil a pick. You hear a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> about pick tipping. On draft night, when fans get frustrated online, it's always about you're spoiling the picks. We're not given the picks early. We have to report and try to get those picks. So for months and months, you want to know who the Giants are picking. And if I get a tip before they get on the clock or just after they get on the clock and then they make the pick, and I get a tip from either an agent or someone in the organization, someone in the league office that says, hey, the Giants are picking Deontay Banks, I'm supposed to now sit on it to preserve the TV product? That kind of goes counterintuitive to what a reporter is. Now, the same thing goes for a schedule. You know, I understand the league and the teams want to preserve the schedule uh, because they want to be able to announce it and give a big production for it. And the social media teams across the league uh, do a great job every year. Some are more creative than others. Some like to go in a certain direction. This year, the Giants uh, put a group of players in an escape room uh, and try to find the new release of the schedule. thought that was kind of funny. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, I think, stole the show. They had random people on Broadway in Nashville. Uh, they would show a team logo that the Titans were going to be playing, and they would have to guess which team that was. Pretty entertaining video. You can find that on Twitter if you haven't already. Look up the Tennessee Titans. Uh, that's kind of fun. Uh, one thing the Arizona Cardinals did which is essentially take a shot at every team on their schedule. Uh, they put up a logo on Twitter of the team that they're facing and then a screenshot of a, a song from, let's say, Spotify or you'd listen to it online that represents in their minds what the team represents. And what they did to the Giants was they put up a, uh, an image of Daniel Jones tripping in Philly from a couple years ago. And I believe the song was Trip. So anyone who's followed Darius Slayton knows he did not take that too kindly. Uh, so he ended up putting up the logo of the Cardinals uh, with the song No Rings. So shots fired. We'll see if that manifests itself at all between now and week two of the season. But let's go. Let's dive into the season the way it is and the schedule. Uh, first up. Shouldn't be surprised. The Cowboys in prime time in MetLife Stadium, Sunday night football. And there's no better thing to see is whether the Giants can answer the bell in that situation because there are expectations on this team. That's one of five primetime games this year. If you consider standalone national games, on Christmas Day is the sixth. Uh, 
with the Giants and Eagles in Philadelphia. And I think what you are starting to see is that people are buying in, at least the network is buying in to where the Giants stand in terms of what they're trying to build here going into year two for Brian Dable and Joe Shane. So after the Cowboys game, I mean, I think that's the game that the Giants really need to break through and send a message as to how far they've come. Now, right now we're looking at it. I'm recording this on May 12th. You're talking about September 10th. It's a long way to go. But that is the night I think the Giants need to take advantage of the home crowd. Uh, obviously, they're riding a momentum. I like the fact that they're playing uh, at home week one, the atmosphere that they had last year. I'm sure the Giants will cook something up for the season opener. Uh, and then you take your shot because you lost five times combined to the Cowboys and the Eagles last year. If you're going to make moves in this division, those are the teams that you have to close the gap on while also maintaining a gap, so to speak, on the Washington Commanders. Uh, so that'll be an interesting thing this year. Uh, the most intriguing part of this schedule comes right out of the gate. The Giants will go to the West Coast. They'll play on a Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals in a stadium that they're all too familiar with, having won Super Bowl 42 in Glendale. And then they will stay in the Phoenix area, at least that's the plan, to practice for a couple days before they travel to Santa Clara. Now, in years past, the team has stayed either in San Jose or San Francisco. That all depends on how they want to handle their travel coming home afterwards. But they'll play a Thursday night game against the 49ers, which will not be an easy game. Uh, and so two games in five days. Now, everyone is talking about the brutal schedule, the brutal travel that the Giants have to take. First off, because of the schedule format with it's uneven. It's nine and eight. And this year for the NFC, it's nine road games and eight home games. You're already it's already gonna bounce off the schedule because it's gonna be obvious that you have an extra road game on the schedule. But for the Giants, they have three West Coast trips. They just eliminated one with the league putting both of those games in a five-day span. Now, could they, could they have been a Sunday-Sunday? Sure. But then that would have meant an entire week away from the facility, the comfort of home. So if you're going to do a Thursday night game in that scenario, you're keeping your body clocks on that time by being out there. And all of this stuff about, oh, the Giants are on the road. They're constantly on the road. What's going on? They were going to have to travel no matter what. Now, yes, it matters back-to-back -back games, where do guys fall, are guys banged up. But those are things that you can't really control when you're scheduling the slate for the year. So I think it's going to be overblown. I don't think the travel is that big of a deal. And I think that ultimately... When you're talking about 
you come home, you have a Monday night game against the Seahawks. So you have an extra day on a mini buy in that situation. Then you have trips at the Dolphins and at the Bills, week five and week six. A trip to Miami is really nothing for you're talking about the Giants who are chartering a flight. Yes, for guys like me and listeners, you're likely flying commercial. The Giants aren't dealing with travel restrictions the way we deal with travel restrictions, going to the airport, having to get there three hours early, two hours early for domestic flights. All that stuff is a headache. The team doesn't have to deal with that. So you go to the Dolphins. Then the next week you have a very short flight to Buffalo. Sunday night in Buffalo is going to be a difficult game, whether it's week one, week six, and it's even going to be harder if it's late November, December, and early January. So the fact that the Giants are going to Buffalo in mid-October, I think that's a win. You were playing that game anyway. The league didn't all of a sudden decide that the Giants were going to have to play the Bills. They just decided when it would be. Uh, We knew where it would be, and that's kind of the way it's at. Then week seven, you're home to the Commanders. Obviously, you have that game in your head last year, the tie. I would think the Giants want to take care of business against the Commanders this year. Uh, They should have an edge. They're a better team. We'll see what happens. Then week eight, October 29th, you've got the Snoopy Bowl on the eve of the Great Pumpkin, which I thought was very cool. Uh, You're going to see Aaron Rodgers. Presumably, last year when the Giants saw Aaron Rodgers, they not only beat him in London, but O'Shane Zimenez was responsible for the hit on his thumb that really affected Rodgers for the rest of the season. Giants, Jets, regular season. Last two games, Jets have won by one score, won in overtime. We know what happened in 2011, the last time the Giants beat the Jets on Christmas Eve, Victor Cruz, and on the way to Super Bowl 46. So I think the Giants-Jets game is exactly where it needs to be. A little surprised it's at 1 o'clock, but, you know, both teams have attractive national games. Jets have six primetime games. That's the max. Giants have five. You know, you want to kind of take advantage of all those other matchups uh, that are out there. Then the Giants go to Vegas and Dallas back-to-back. Now, that's the one spot where I thought, you know, maybe they could have split that up with a home game at some point. They didn't. You know, you go to Vegas, that stadium, Darren Waller's homecoming should be very interesting. Uh, Getting to see Patrick Graham is always interesting. Then at the Cowboys, Giants haven't won there since Ben McAdoo's first game. Then week 11 at Washington, Daniel Jones has traditionally played well at FedEx Field. Can make a big statement there uh, with a sweep of Washington if they win the earlier game. Then this game looks a little different than it would have a couple years ago. Thanksgiving weekend, week 12, at MetLife against the Patriots. Who knows what the Pats are going to look like this year? Will Mac Jones be the quarterback all year? Uh, We're not sure. Then week 13, bye. You come back from the bye with an extra day, 
and you play Green Bay on Monday night at MetLife. Jordan Love will get a sense of where Jordan Love is by then in December. Week 15 at the Saints, the trip to New Orleans. Last time the Giants were there uh, was an impressive comeback win. Uh, probably the best win that Joe Judge's Giants had, given the crowd, given the circumstances. Uh, New Orleans had just come back after uh, missing several games. Uh, I believe it was a hurricane that hit at that time. Uh, so there was a lot of emotion in that building. So the Giants to come back and win that game in overtime the way they did, that was a tremendous feeling. Uh, then Christmas Day at the Eagles, 10 straight losses at the link. You would think the streak is going to end at some point. We have to wait and see what these two teams look like come late December. New Year's Eve against the Rams at MetLife. And then finishing the season at home against the Eagles. I did my game-by-game -game prediction. You can check it out on NorthJersey.com. Uh, I ended up 10-7. and seven. Uh, I think that's right around where the Giants should be. Nine wins, 11 wins, 10 wins. I think this is a good team. Uh, I think they made moves that should improve uh, areas that were areas of weakness last year, their run defense especially. Uh, I think Darren Waller, if healthy, will be a game changer on offense. Obviously, the contract situation with Saquon Barkley is important, uh, and it will tilt things if by some chance Saquon is not in uniform and ready to go in week one uh, for the Giants. But I'm operating under the idea that he will be under contract, whether it's the franchise tag or uh, a long-term extension that moves things forward to have Barkley here with the Giants uh, at a rate that uh, the front office believes is acceptable. But also, you have to make it tantalizing enough for Saquon to want to be uh, put his signature down on a longer-term extension, maybe not at the number that he would want. Uh, so that's the schedule. Like I said, I think overall, um, you're not necessarily – you're focused on strength of schedule. Yes, the Giants have a strong schedule. Well, they play in the NFC East with the NFC champion defending and – the Cowboys and Washington was not terrible last year. So that's number one. Number two, you got the AFC East. So you've got Jets, Miami, and Buffalo and New England were all on the schedule. So I think focusing on strength of schedule is a little bit too much. Uh, you remember last year, there's no way the Giants were going to go to Tennessee in week one and win. They weren't going to beat Green Bay and London coming back and having to face the Ravens coming back from London. There's no way they're beating the Ravens. So crazier things happen. You know, if you think back to last year when they were going to Seattle, yeah, it was a tough atmosphere, but come on, they could beat Geno Smith. No one anticipated Geno Smith to turn into the quarterback uh, that he did last year and credit to him. They'll now see him on Monday night at MetLife kind of Geno's return uh, to see what he's able to do uh, if he can beat this Giants defense two years in a row. Uh, but that's kind of where we're at. Hopefully you enjoyed my breakdown of the schedule. Uh, I think 
you know, I think the Giants are in a good position right now, and now it's just a matter of staying healthy through the offseason, and we'll be obviously there all along the way uh, with All In and with all my coverage on NorthJersey.com. If you haven't subscribed, please do. Head to NorthJersey.com, search subscriptions, and I believe the latest offer is $1 for six months for all new subscribers. Take advantage. We'll do whatever we can to bring you the coverage that you deserve. We're all in. We appreciate you being all in. Thanks for listening to this week's show, and we'll be back soon with another episode.